When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi there and welcome to everybody joining us live on the This is Ibrooks Wednesday warm-up. I'm joined by two fantastic guests as always. Firstly, I'm joined by Kieran Walls. How are you today, Kieran? Good, thanks. Uh, Kyle, I'm just sitting here scratching my head wondering what we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> yeah, it was. sometimes it's difficult to come up with uh, subjects. It was not tonight. You're, you're, you're very right there. And uh, Ross, I think the last time I was on a podcast with you, Michael Beale's peg was was getting sugglier. I think we were pretty negative about a, a 4-0 result uh, against against Livingston to put us in the, in the semi-finals. Um, how are you and how are you doing after after all that? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I, I, th- I think we've seen what was coming that night, actually, after a 4-0 result. It was quite weird to to maybe feel a wee bit negative after that, but look, this is what's transpired. I think the last podcast I was I was on, I was quite negative as well. I feel like I was ranting about the manager, so I'm glad I'm kind of back tonight and we can maybe analyse the candidates and maybe a bit more calm about things now that, that you know, Michael Beale has left. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting stuck into it. Yeah, that's it, exactly. Uh, as, as you've just said there, we're going to touch on some of the potential candidates. I know there's breaking news with this stuff all the all the time, and there's wee, wee snippets we're, we're getting, even in the last sort of couple of hours, there's been some some stuff coming out. Um, <clears throat> we'll get the guys' thoughts on, on some of the guys. Uh, we'll see if there's a need for a director of football or, or a sporting director. I think uh, the last time I mentioned this, I was getting told that there's a difference between the two. I, I, I'm not really too sure what that, that is, um, but we'll see if the guys uh, think that. We'll discuss a wee bit some of the uh, the first press conference for interim manager Stephen Davis and uh, James Tavernier were at that one today. Uh, and then we'll have a wee look ahead uh, I get for Rangers' second group match in the Europa League away to Cyprus against Aris Limassol. Look, Kieran, we'll just get straight into it. What did you make of, of that decision? Obviously, late on Sunday evening, um, but maybe other than the sort of sacking of Bill, the sort of quickness of the board and the decision to bring Stephen Davis and, and that uh, management team in. 
I think I think it's been planned. I think they knew the writing was on the wall, as did all of we. Uh, all of we, I don't know if that makes sense, all of us. Um, but uh, being at Ibrox at the weekend was the most toxic of toxic atmospheres I've ever been in. So the writing was just about on the wall. And I think we could have said it would have been before the end of the weekend. I think they've acted fast. A lot of people said they should have acted after the Celtic game. I don't know if that would have been too fast. I know we're seven points behind now, and the fear is that we've gift-wrapped them in another league. But I think it's early enough maybe to claw things back. There's a lot of football still to be played. So in terms of the staff coming in, I'll be honest, I don't think any of us seen it being Stephen Davis. I know... Everyone was like, who's going to take the team on Thursday? There's no UEFA Pro licence amongst anyone at the club and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden it's Stephen Davis with a sort of backing crew, Alex Ray, Gilmore and Stephen Smith. And yeah, let's just look and see how it goes. Davis himself commands a lot of respect being a Hall of Famer at the club. And I'd like to see him just steady the ship for the next guy coming in. Um, but... We could have made worse appointments the last time when it was David McCallum and he was like a rabbit in the headlights. No offence to him, but he's he's not managed on that scale before when we were in the semi-final against Hibs. Yeah, no, that's it exactly. It's, um, you know, it, it was a very interesting one. I think from a personal point of view, I, I know I, I, the listeners will, will be bored of me saying that Stephen Davis is my absolute all-time favourite player. I was delighted when, when you were... Obviously saddened that Bill's gone, right decision 100%, but delighted that the board have, have, have chosen Stephen Davis to in a, in a coaching team to come in and fulfil that role. Ross, what, what's your thoughts in, in particular how quickly that decision was made? Because it was certainly criticism of the previous board that after that that Hearts game, even the St Johnson game, stuff like that, that they were taking too long to, to let the manager go. Are you happy at how quickly the decision was made? And and what do you make of the fact that they've decided to, to appoint Stephen Davis as the interim manager? Yeah, well, I think the board have been decisive here, haven't they? And I think they were, I think they were kind of forced into it uh, after Ibrox this weekend. I'm with you, and that was probably the most toxic environment I've been in for a long time. Uh, I think anyone left in the ground at full time was there purely just to vent the frustrations. It wasn't to show any sort of appreciation to the team or to, you know, to be there when the final whistle goes. Because I know a lot of people are, I'm like that myself, right? I still to the end all the time. But even I felt a lot of frustration at the end and I, I think it was justified. So yeah. I think the board deserve credit for how decisive they've been. I think they had to be. Um, it's quite clear that Michael Wheel's not getting a tune out of their squad. He's not been getting a tune out of their squad for a while. Um, so ultimately, I think he had to be moved on. As for, you know, the coaching staff coming in, Stephen Davis says it was a bit of a surprise to me. I think once he's then appointed and you start to think about it, it, it does kind of make sense. He's in the background at the moment. He has an injury. He has a lot of experience. He's worked with these players before. And really, in an interim basis, you're maybe just wanting that a little bit of familiarity within the squad. So... Not too surprised once you have a think about it. I think the one that surprised me was Alex Ray, really. <laughs> I didn't really see that one coming at all. Um, but he ha he does have good coaching experience. Um, he's he's worked with Red in the last couple of years with Paul Inns. So I, I think they managed to keep them up one year. Then I don't. I think the following year it wasn't too great. But he is coming in with that coaching experience. Then the guys like Stephen Smith, who's in the academy, Brian Gilmore is the same. So. It is, a, it is a good um, collection of staff, I think. Uh, and it's a good opportunity for Stephen Davis. You know, I, I, I doubt that Stephen Davis is going to be the long-term Rangers manager, right? But he keeps talking mm -hmm. about and every time we've heard from him now that 
it's something he has been thinking about and something he wants to plan and, and it's an opportunity he couldn't, couldn't turn down. So, yeah, I, I'm happy with the appointment. Obviously, only an interim basis. We need to find a, I think, a more experienced, more qualified manager, whether that's an interim coming in till the end of the season or we try and find someone to appoint for the long term. I'm not sure what way that's going to go, but Stephen Davis right now to get us through these next two games makes complete sense for me. Yeah, it's very interesting, you think, seeing the next two games, if that if that's how long you think his, his internship's going to be. But uh, yeah, I think that's probably about right. And really hard to disagree with anything you both said there. I'm, I'm delighted. I think it's a sensible decision just to, I think it was you that said it, steer the ship um, and, and just keep us going for the next few games. Um, right, Kieran, let's get into it. Let's look at some of the, the potential managerial candidates. Uh, the way I've sort of tried to do this is I've, I've sort of bracketed it into sort of three things, looked at sort of win percentage at their previous clubs, seeing as that is what we want as Ranger supporters, we want to to know their, their one percentage style of play, sort of formations, and um, the other thing is uh, the trophies that they have won. Uh, as I said, there's one candidate out of the, the sort of four big ones we'll, we'll sort of touch on that's got a lot more trophies than other, but the first one I want to talk about is uh, Frank Lampard. Uh, the guy, arguably the name that's been um, mentioned the most probably because most people have been saying that they don't they don't want him as the, the Rangers manager. I can sort of see the thinking in terms of the Steven Gerrard mould. Obviously, we know that he's been at Derby, Chelsea, Everton. He favours a 4-3-3 formation. He has picked up zero major accolades as a manager. Um, 46% was his win rate with Derby, 50% with Chelsea. It was 27 with Everton and this blew my mind he had a 9% win rate when he was caretaker manager at Chelsea the second time round what's your thoughts on on uh, and Frank Lampard and can you see why he's on the shortlist absolutely no way do I want <laughs> to see Frank Lampard in the dugout at Ibrooks. like maybe if you threw this at me after his spell at Derby but he actually done okay then all right but my lord, that second spell at Chelsea was horrific. Like that, that was really bad. I think I remember reading a stat that had he took over a month previous to that, they would have been fighting relegation. Didn't they finish fourteenth or something? Like somewhere <laughs> ridiculous like that. And it just looked yeah. like they had no plan, and he had just been told he was getting a big wad of money to be here. And that's the way I seen it. But Nah, absolutely not for me. I think it's a bit of a lazy link. I can't see him even being considered for it. At least I hope so. Um, I just don't think it's the ones one that the fans would buy into. I think the next appointment the fans have got to buy into. We're, at the end of the day, we're a modern football club and it's our brand that we're trying to protect. And the higher-ups will want someone that is a big name and that will attract the fans and... We just want a better brand of football and trophies coming back in. That's all, really, and I don't think Lampard brings that. Yeah, I'm in total agreement with you there. Ross, your thoughts on, on Lampard? I'd get Frank Lampard in tomorrow. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> uh, I'm, exactly, I'm exactly the same as you both. Uh, Frank Lampard, for me, it's, it's kind of like damaged goods a wee bit at the moment in terms of he's been around so many clubs and he's not really made the impact or he's had certain stints at clubs, if you know what I mean, right? I know it's only been the two since Derby, but the Everton job, I think he started okay, managed to keep them up, but he didn't really have a defined style of play. I think he reverted from really all the, the principles he had at Chelsea that all, 
obviously didn't go too well from there either. Kind of reverted, went to that kind of sit deep, try and hit teams in the counter attack, and he managed to keep them up. So I suppose there's there's certain credit for that. But then it just it, it fell away the next season, and then the stint at Chelsea that time. I know, I know, I understand that Chelsea are in a pretty, I was going to say difficult position. I mean, having lots of money probably isn't a difficult position, but you understand, you know, the the recruitment models all over the place, right? And he's trying to deal with the, the club essentially buying players and throwing them at him. So it's not an easy circumstance to work in. We've seen that with Mauricio Pochettino this season already. Chelsea are only starting to really get going now. But he's just, he's not done enough for me, really, to, to be the Rangers manager. He really hasn't. And, I, and I've seen this argument before in terms of we brought Steven Gerrard in and even Michael Beale, right, with very little experience. And Frank Lampard is the opposite. He does have plenty of experience now, but it's not its not the experience I'm looking for. It's not good experience. He's, he's ultimately been down the bottom of the league with both teams now. He's not, it's just not, he's not done enough for me uh, to be linked with this job. I think it just comes down to the, the name. He's Frank Lampard. He's a big draw. Um, and we can't argue against that. If he was appointed Rangers manager, there would be more eyes on the club again, very much like Steven Gerrard. We we can't deny it. But that doesn't mean he's the right fit for the club. Um, I'd like to think that the club are just looking at many, as many candidates as possible, which I think they should always do. Uh, they should be open to any, any route to go down with a manager. But he is just one I don't want to see. I think he would command a big salary as well. I just... I don't want us to go anywhere near Frank Lampard. I, I would rather us take, you know, even a, a, a riskier appointment as such because we, we're not as aware of the manager as we are Frank Lampard. It's just, it's a no for me completely. Just, I need these links to die off now, Gail. It's been a couple of days of them. I'm sick of them now. I've seen the one, uh, I think the Telegraph broke it yesterday that he was open to discussions. And then there was, a, I, th- I can't remember the other journalist's name, forgive me, but he was saying, you know, Frank Lampard spoke to Rangers a few times. Well, Frank Lampard needs to pack it in now, right? He spoke to us a few times and he's not getting it. Let's just move on and uh, let's, let's stop bringing him in for talks and we'll just forget this ever happened. Do you ever remember yeah. when he was at Derby and they got to the playoffs against Leeds? They turned yeah. leads over and then he was in front of the crowd giving it the whole um, stop crying Frank Lampard despite it stuff. And then the bar bill was leaked for that night. It was like thousands of pounds. And then they get turned over by Aston Villa in the final. Imagine that happening up here. We would be oh, up in arms. Like that's red right. flags all over it. He's done a good job, thinks he's won something, he's not. And then they get turned over and Next minute, it's Summit Plummet for Derby County in the Championship. Yeah, listen, you're to- to- totally right. I mean, that that's the thing. There's lots of comments in here. Um, Alan's homemade vlog says, apart from his first stint uh, at Chelsea, appointment after Lampard has been a serial failure. And it, reading, looking at those win percentages, like I, I don't know any manager that's been in any job that's had a, like a 9% win um, rate. Uh, and I said, Everybody else seems to be, you know, largely agreeing with it as well. Scott Hammond here says board could never sell Lampard to the fans, and I think that's spot on the money there. If we're already all saying no, it's going to be a really difficult sell. Um, and loads of comments like this. RFC seventy two Bizgrove is looking at Lampard licking his lips with the marketing side <laughs> and ways to make money off him. Can't deny that, to be honest with you. Um, uh, the next one I want to come in and, and ask you about here, Kieran, and this seems to be the sort of name he's been mentioned about for a wee while. Obviously, former Rangers player Kevin Muscat 
I, when I was doing my, my bit of research on him today, I didn't realise that he actually has had a lot of jobs within football. He's been assistant manager a few times at a couple of different clubs. He's been a technical director. Obviously, looking at the sort of negative side of things, it'd be a, a fee to go in and get him. Um, looking at his win rate uh, at Melbourne, I think he was there for about five, six years. He got a 47.5% win rate, you know, won an Australian title over there. His time with St Truden... Not so great. Maybe the only sort of black mark against him. Uh, he had a poor win rate there. 14% only lasted, uh, I think it was 11, 12 games, something like that. Then obviously he's at Yokohama in Japan at the minute. 57% win rate, won a title over there. Um, and I think he's won a, a Japanese Super Cup, you, you would call it as well. What's your thoughts on, on a guy like Kevin Muscat being linked with the job? And for me, he seems to be the sort of front runner, the favourite at the moment. It does seem to be, but... Don't know. I, I hate to come on and be too negative because I like to try and be balanced, but I'm just not enthused by any of the names that's been thrown at. And Muscat is one of them. I know that our um, group chat's pretty split on Muscat, and I, I just don't think this conversation would be happening had Andrew not been successful at Celtic. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, right? I've not done my research on Muscat because... I don't believe it will be him, but from all the reports today suggest that there's going to be initial interviews with him. Um, again, it reeks of project manager. Um, I, I genuinely thought we would try and move away from that and bring in someone that was ready-made to come in and put us back in the right direction. I just don't know if that man's muscat, if I'm honest. Um, I, I'd be delighted to be proven wrong, but... Again, I, I don't know. I'm open-minded about it, but I just don't think he's the right man for the job. I think we need a bigger name than that. Yeah, I think that I think that's fair comment. And and Ross, what what do you think of, about um, Kevin Muscat? Are you very much in the in the same camp that if if uh, a certain manager on the other side of the city didn't have, uh, you know, the, the the experience that he had up here, would Muscat even be in the running for for the Rangers job? I think that I think there's definitely a an element of truth to that. I I think I think it's well known that Kevin Musket is is kind of followed uh, along from Manchester Postecoglou's style at Yokohama. He's he's took it on. He's you know arguably made it even better, I suppose. But in that region, should I say? I suppose that's a bit of a wild thing to say in terms of here. But just the, in Japan, it looks like he's 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 got the team playing well. Like you said, he's got a lot of experience as well. Uh, different roles within football. And I think he does play quite an attractive brand of football that Rangers fans, I think, are really looking for at this stage. We're looking for something that maybe back to when Steven Gerrard came in the first, and maybe the, the the second year he came in, where you could really see a, a team starting to form there. You could see the patterns of play that if a player came out, one went back in, and it was very much the same style. I think that's what we're looking for again. And and Kevin Musket is probably someone that would bring us that. I'm probably like hearing as well that. I'm not too enthusiastic about him. Uh, there's other names that we might go on to that definitely interest me more. You know, uh, Pascal Janssen that's been linked to you is someone that, that interests me a wee bit more. His background in Europe looks a wee bit better and things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's just, he's not a name really for me, Kyle, that gets me too excited. But I, I think he even said at the beginning here and don't want to be too negative. I, I think all the names are like that at the moment, unfortunately. There's not really anyone jumping out. Uh, we might have to be patient on that. The club might have something up their sleeve that we're not aware of. Aware of. Hopefully that is the case. Um, but I certainly think out of the candidates we've we've been linked to so far, Kevin Musket 
is probably one of the better ones. I think that's the better way to describe it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what comes from that. Of course, we've heard today that the, there are some sort of meetings between uh, the club and Kevin Musket planned. I find that interesting that that information has been given out. And I, was, I, I didn't expect to hear that, to be honest, the, how public uh, it would be in terms of an interview. Mm-hmm. But that clearly shows that the club do have some sort of interest in him, whether that means he's going to be the next Rangers manager. Well, it doesn't, but there's definitely some sort of interest there. So it'll be interesting to see how that one develops. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, it will be. It's. Um... You know, there's another interesting comment here from RSC72. He says, if, if Muscat comes, I'd probably guarantee Moore comes with him in a director of football role, which is definitely something I want to touch on um, later. But I think very much, there's another couple of names to come on to, but very much the sort of overwhelming feeling so far is that none of the names particularly uh, are exciting anybody. But well, I'll, I'll come on to that after. Ross, I'm going to stick with you in the next name. You've already mentioned them. Uh, that's Pascal uh, Pascal Janssen, obviously I know in the last sort of couple of hours he's come out in the Dutch media and he's said uh, I don't know if there's been any contact with AZ but there's been no contact with me, I've also received it and I've received some messages from England but I don't know where it came from, it's completely out of the question, I think I, I'm not sure, I don't know if that's a, a, a mistranslation out of the question, I'm not, I'm not sure entirely what context that's in in terms of it's out of the question he's coming to Rangers but he's been linked with us, he's allegedly one of the guys on this the short list obviously he's worked as one of these coaches that's worked his way through the through the managerial ranks like if you're looking at a manager and you want to you know see a good cv he's certainly got it um ticked all the boxes in terms of coaching at, at PSV Eindhoven I think he was under 19s under 21s and then a technical director for them for a wee bit um he's got experience in European competitions has a 4 3 3 uh favorite sort of formation but he's won no silverware and he's relatively inexperienced. What's your thoughts on, on Pascal Janssen, Ross? Yeah, I think Pascal Janssen's the one that interests me the most at the moment. I had to be read yesterday some, uh, some analytical pieces on him. Uh, I wish I could actually plug them because they were very good, but I can't remember them. So unfortunately, yeah. whoever wrote them, I apologise for that. But yeah, I, I read quite a lot about the manager yesterday in terms of how he plays. Um He actually sets the team up very similarly to how we play at the moment, which I know a lot of people will look well, not really. Why Why would you want to manage all of that? But I suppose if you can get someone in that, that suits the squad we have and can get more out of them and ensure that style is is more efficient and more effective, then it's probably an option that the, the club will look at. I suppose that's the way they looked at it with Michael Beale as well. Has been able to work with players at AZ, relatively limited budget. Of course, they have really good recruitment, so... 
that you know if, if the club are, are recruiting the players for him and he's getting the best out of them I suppose you can look at it either way the manager's doing his job and the club are facilitating that mm-hmm. but he's definitely just when just when I was reading about him like you said some of the experience you spoke about there as well he's got a bit behind him and and especially with European football as well which I think is something that's going to be held against Kevin Muscat unfortunately right is his uh, record with I think it was St Truden was pretty poor um, and maybe it's quite harsh, you know. Managers can go into to roles that don't necessarily fit them, or they don't have the, the you know the the squad they need to play their style. Whatever, there's obviously circumstances you're not aware of sometimes. But I think that will definitely go against them with it when it comes to the Rangers fans. Not all of them, but some. Whereas I think Jansen's got that experience behind them, and I think. Mm-hmm. I've watched quite a bit of AZ now because I read that the other day, and they do look they do look pretty exciting. Um, I think I think they're second in the Dutch league at the moment. I might be incorrect about that. I think they've scored like a record, like twenty goals, twenty goals, three. Right? So yeah, so they're flying right now. Of course, that's just this season, but you can go back and look at the previous seasons, and he's managed to get them to a really competitive level, competing with all the big teams in the Dutch league, with you know a fraction of the resources. So that's something that encourages me. Again, something that is probably worth reiterating at the moment, he looks like a manager that works well under a club that has a really good structure behind it. Do we have that at the moment? I'm not sure. So if you put a manager like that into a club like ours where we potentially don't have our director of football and things like that and the structure isn't there, is it optimal for him? Are you going to get the best out of him? I'm not sure. And and that's maybe why the club wouldn't go down that route. But... Like all these uh, suggestions and candidates, Kyle, there's pros and cons for them all. Uh, but he is certainly the one that I'm the most interested in at this point. Yeah, Kieran. So uh, Steve G here says, <laughs> Jansen is the Dutch Beal. No more project managers. If that's not enough to instantly put you off someday, I don't know what it is. But out of all the guys we've talked about, he's got the most impressive uh, win record, 61% uh, win record. As Ross says there, it, He's got his AZ Altmar team playing some some nice slick football, you know, high scoring goals, similar formation. But he's not won any silverware. Is that a concern from you? I know that he's had that statement earlier on, but would you still be interested in a guy like Pascal Janssen for the manager's job at Rangers? I would, yeah, I would. This is one um, I'm going to go along with Ross with here that I'd say yes, possibly out the candidates that have all been mentioned that I would be um, attacking style of football. 61% win rate, like Ross says. Like, we can't sort of scoff at that. The silverware is the one that the only box that's not really ticked there, but it is a sort of not like a, I was going to say a fresh appointment, like a name that many of the fans probably would never have heard of before he was mentioned in the context of being the next Rangers manager. And I think that's what we need something a wee bit fresh, something a bit new. And I think. He would be the one for that. I think it was Talksport mentioned him, and that's where the sort of link has come from. Um, and if I'm right in saying, didn't De Boer and Newman throw their weight behind him? Yeah, instantly, yeah, so. <laughs> almost. Yeah, so these guys know what they're talking about. So that always bodes well. So for me, it'd be one of these ones. I'd be very open-minded if you came in and let's see what you can do. Yeah, that's it exactly. Hugo Bear here says uh, Jensen is too too inexperienced, you know. Which is, I, I just I, I get where the two of you are coming from in terms of it, but for me, I think this appointment's just a bit too similar to to Bill and 
and I think the the same criticisms would. I know I had a bit of a laugh when when we said that that, that he was the Dutch <laughs> Michael Beal, but I just there's, there's too many similarities. I think we need somebody in that's that's won something. And speaking of that, Kieran, I'll, I'll stick with you here. A guy that I wasn't that aware of up until until a couple of days ago, and that's uh, Philippe Clement, uh, a Belgian manager. Out of the four sort of main ones we're going to talk about. The now by far has the most impressive trophy haul. I think he's got seven trophies, won four Belgian championships with two different clubs, which I think is important. Won a Belgian Cup and two Belgian Super Cup winners. Uh, two sorry, two Belgian Super Cups. Uh, at Genk, he had a fifty-seven percent win rate. Club Bruges, the exact same. Monaco, a fifty percent win rate. Didn't have a great season last season. Maybe that's why we're sort of being linked with a with a guy of this caliber. Interestingly enough, sort of favours a 4-4-2 formation, but I know again, sort of later on today, there's been links with him in in, in Saudi Arabia, um, which might rule him out entirely. But but what do you think about uh, about about uh, Philippe Clement as a as a prospect for for Rangers manager? Yeah, I had a quick read up on him before we came on, and I think his more recent history at Monaco didn't make for good reading. They finished seventh in the league. I think he lost six of his last seven games and found themselves outside the European spots, which previous to that, I think they didn't qualify for the Champions League, if I'm right in saying as well, yep. and then get knocked out in the, the knockout rounds by Bayer Leverkusen for the Europa, so doesn't really bode well on that level, but he's quite a successful CV from what he'd done at Club Bruges, and yeah, I actually think he started out as a scout there, went into caretaker, then assistant, and then got the manager's job, so <laughs> Just shows he's a good calibre of manager and coach, and yeah, we bit like yourself out of the unknown with Clement. So people seem to be taken to it. I don't know enough about him, but when Saudi wave cash at you, then I think you'd rather go to the sunny climates of Saudi than rainy Scotland. Yeah, and 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 Ross, I think um, rather than ask you specifically about Philippe Clement. There's a whole host of other names that have been out there. I'm I'm going to give you the job of, you know, your your Wilders, your your Allardyces. Uh, who else has been linked with us? I'm trying I'm trying to think. Uh, Billy Davis. Billy oh. Davis. Um, <laughs> the one though, of all them that's kind of excited me though was was Marcello Gallardo. Um, what do you think? Is there any other candidates that you have in mind, or or what do you think about all these other names? I know I've said most of the names, and I'm shuddering as I say them. Yeah, I, I really don't see um, any truth in any of the other names, to be honest. I think uh, Marcello Gallardo, a fantastic record at River Plate, um, but I think there was rumours floating around that Leeds were interested in him either last season or maybe this summer, can't remember, and he was and he was asking for astronomical wages and it's a huge salary, which we're never going to go anywhere near. So I think that rules that one out. He's clearly taken his time and trying to get the, the next job for him that takes him to the next level. I'm not sure Rangers and SBFL is, is that for him. I think I think that one's a wee bit unrealistic. As for your kind of Sam Allardyce, Billy Davis, I, I couldn't believe when I read that this morning. That is just <laughs> ridiculous. I, I think he's been out of work for nine years now. I, he's, I don't even know why he's been mentioned the same breath as the Rangers job. I really don't get that one. Um Chris Wilder, right? I'm not endorsing that one, but that was one I actually did think about um, originally when Bill was let go. Um, not as a, a long-term permanent manager, but I wondered if Rangers would look at him as an interim for the season. And I, I understand he's not a, you know, a, 
a really attractive name, right? Um, but he did do really well with Sheffield United down south. He actually played three at the back and he played a really expansive three at the back, which is something we spoke about for a while as Rangers fans, like, can we play a three? So I thought maybe that one, I could see it. I think he was referenced as being as one of the, the four candidates that was breaking the other night that Rangers were looking at. Whether we believe that or not, there's only four, I'm not sure, but he was on it. So mm. that one, I, I could maybe... I could maybe see and I could maybe understand, but the rest of them, Sam Allardyce and that, no, absolutely no chance, no chance. I, <laughs> I want to see see for so long now, we have not seen good football at Ibrox. I need to see good football. It doesn't necessarily have to be really aggressive, high-pressing football, but I just want to see, see when we're in possession, can I just see a wee bit of pattern in our play? Can I see our yeah. players linking up well? We don't have any of that at the moment. Um, so guys like Sam Allardyce, not, I think they've had their time, good records down south, but yeah, we'll, we'll put that one to the side. I, I just want us, it's probably a conversation worth having. I don't know if this is the podcast for it or there's another podcast to dig into it, but it's probably about what you value for this next Rangers manager. Like what is the most important? Because like I said before, all of these managers have pros and cons behind them. For me personally, I think we need to see a really attractive style of football something that the fans can buy into the club can get behind the players buy into and ultimately bring performances and better results I, I think that's what we need I know we need experience in the manager as well I get it and that would be fantastic but for me I think all the top clubs now they play really good football I think the days are gone where you you can sit deep or you can sit off teams whatever I just want to see a better brand of football I think ultimately that will bring us success in the long term yeah, you're completely right. We're not we're not asking much as Rangers supporters. We just want a good <laughs> brand of football to be winning all the time and to be and to be happy all the time. So it's it's uh, easy enough there. I, by the way, I actually thought when you were speaking there, you were going to say what we need to see is this Rangers team with a handbrake off and trigger everybody in the and <laughs> oh, <laughs> the, the comments. I know uh, trigger everybody in the comments again. But uh, listen, Kieran, there's a couple of things before we move on and and, and talk about the the Aris game. Uh, that I want to uh, sort of go into. A couple of comments coming in here. Uh, one was from uh, Steve G, and he says, we need a DOF. We can't trust Bizgrove picking the next manager. Uh, it is interesting that, that Bizgrove's missing the game tomorrow to, to help out with stuff like that. And RFC72 here says, uh, when we're talking about Philippe Clement, he said, I'd rather Monaco's director of football. I think that's Paul Mitchell, I want to say his name is. Right, um, yeah. yeah, but if he came, I wouldn't mind. Uh, what what do you think? This is a role that maybe I've personally sort of underestimated in the last few seasons at Rangers, but all the major clubs have directors of football, sporting directors. Is this something that we need to, to, to have? Because I, I get that impression over this board that I don't think we're getting one anytime soon. I do, yeah. I certainly do. Like For like contingency planning and stuff like that, Look at the mess we were left in with how Ross Wilson done the role in terms of contracts, like the squad needed freshening up. Like we can't afford to have a rebuild at the end of every other season. Like that can't happen again. So for me, you do need someone in for the football side of things that will take care of that. Um, James Biz, I just don't feel that's within the remit of what James Bisgrove should be responsible for. So for me, yes, in the modern game, that is very, very important that you do have this bigger at the top. Whether it comes before or after the manager's appointed is a whole different story and probably for a different show. But 
Yeah, for me, it is a tough one. I, I think, I'm not sure, I think it was RFC 72 commented on it about Paul Mitchell coming along with the ex-Monaco manager. Yeah. For me, I think that, I, I know that's pie-in-the-sky stuff, but for me, having a link between the manager and the director of football is very, very important. We've seen it with Mark Allen and Gerard, and it seemed to work to an extent. Um, so I think there has to be a previous relationship between the manager and the the director of football. And I know they say that you shouldn't have your manager have a say in your director of football, but when there's previous relationships there and it can work and it's proven to work, then I can see a case for it. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. I, I was maybe not so fussed about a director of football, but now I'm like, ah, maybe we do. Can I need it? There's a few comments coming in here, Ross. Uh, I'm going to bring Steve Steve G. He says, Sunes and McCoy advised Bisgrove in the appointment of the interim team. Um, and Malt Whiskey here says, who's going to advise Bisgrove? We should be getting in the likes of Sunes, Gordon Smith and Craig Moore involved. I know there was a lot of discussion about some of these sort of old Rangers heads within the, within the this is Ibrook's WhatsApp group, but but what do you make of the like the director of football role? Would you rather we went out and sorted that out first before we brought a manager in? And, and is there anybody that you think would be suitable for that role? Oh, in terms of anyone suitable for that role, I'm I'm not sure because it's not the same as managers of it. Is it? It's not as obvious. Um, I know that we were linked with Paul Mitchell, was it? Yeah, from leaving Monaco. But I think there's rumours going around that if Jim Ratcliffe gets his his bid uh, pushed through at Manchester United, he'll appoint Paul Mitchell as their director of football. So again, I'm going to say that we're probably not in the market for him. He's probably out of our range, unfortunately. In terms of the role itself, yeah, I think we need it. Um, I, I was on, I was on this podcast when uh, Ross Wilson left the club, and I said exactly the same thing. We need to try and find another director of football to take over. Um, continuity in there is really good. Um, a club, definitely a club at the size of the Rangers. I actually think not having a director of football probably impacted Michael Beale, if we're honest. Um, he went from being obviously a coach for years. Assistant Stephen Gerrard, he's then moved to QPR. He had the director of football at QPR. I believe it was Les Ferdinand at QPR at the time. So he could purely focus on the coaching and, and managing those players. He's then moved to Rangers. I know he had Ross Wilson for a while, but once Ross Wilson left, it was very much left to him. You hear stories about Michael Beale flying to Italy to, to, to meet players and things. It's the middle of a season. I just thought you're doing things that I wouldn't really expect a, a first-team manager nowadays in modern football to do and I think that took away from him a wee bit I think he had way more to contend with that he, he probably felt he had to when he first came into the role with Ross Wilson being there um, and I think if you probably asked him now and you look back he, he, he probably felt the impact of Ross Wilson leaving I know there was a lot of chat around Ross Wilson at the time that he wasn't the right fit for the club anymore and even though I defended Ross Wilson at certain points I could definitely uh, understand where people were coming from on that but I always feel that role should be something we have at Rangers now the director of football for Rangers has done a lot of good in the last four or five years I know we pretend they haven't but the structure <laughs> behind the scenes you know there there is a decent structure there now in terms of the academy the women's team the recruitment of course it's getting a bit of headlines at the moment but overall we've been able to get back to a level again where we all wanted to get to dropped off a wee bit now right but we've got to make our way back overall I think I think the role was good for us um, and I think it just takes a wee bit off of the manager and allows them to focus on the first team being having said that and, and you asked me at the start of this question around you know what is 
you know, do we potentially hold off appointing a manager and get the director of football first? That would be my preference, honestly. Um, if we could identify a really top calibre director of football and say he's only willing to start at the, end of, at the end of the year or something, I don't know, hypothetical situation here. I would rather we held off on appointing a manager and try and get a director of football in first and let him put things in place and let him be part of the recruitment for a new manager because that relationship between the two roles is really, really important. So that would be my preference. I understand that might not be the route the club are going to go down. I think they might want a permanent manager in instantly or in the next couple of weeks. But I think it's certainly, regardless of whether we appoint a manager and then go for a director of football, I think we need to find one. Uh, I think it just gives us structures, a club, continuity between managers leaving and coming. I, I just think it makes sense for us, the size of club that we are, Kyle. Yeah, listen, see if you'd asked me six, seven, eight months ago when when, when Wilson, well, it was even as long as that, I think it was April, wasn't it, when, when Wilson left? I would have said, nah, I'm not that bored. I, I don't think it's an important role, but I do. Robert Benny here says, is this not the reason we, we are where we are at the moment? So, yeah, I, th I think that's a, a fair comment. Um, look, we do have a game of football to talk about tomorrow, um, so I suppose we should talk about that. Kieran, I'll, I'll come to you on this. Um uh, Aris Limassol, who sat fifth in their Cyprus. Oh god, I knew I was going to mess that word up. The Cip yeah, Cyprus. Yeah, Cyprus. That's what I'll call it, right? Um, <laughs> Tav, Tav. Uh, it was obviously Tav and Davis at, at the presser today. Um, I think Tav said we expect a challenge tomorrow. They like to press and catch teams in the counter attack, so we have a well balanced. So we have to be well balanced. We expect an open game of football, but we have full belief in this team to get the job done tomorrow night. And interestingly enough, Stephen Davis said it'd been an intense few days trying to watch as much footage as possible. Arisa's has changed the system three times in the last five games, and the boys are well prepared to go uh, tomorrow night. What are you expecting from from Arise Limassol tomorrow, um, and and how are you expecting Rangers to play in that game? To be honest, I don't really know what to expect from them. Um, I listened to a podcast earlier on them and they were saying that they've got a lot of cash. They've come through the ranks um, in separate football. I think they garner around about 500 fans a game in this new stadium <laughs> that they've got. So it'll almost be like we're the home support considering the crowd that we carry um, near, near and far in Europe. So... In terms of Limassol, I think, if I'm right, they came out against Prague absolutely flying and scored in the first 10 minutes. I hope yep. that doesn't happen with us because I'm not sure we're at the right stage mentally to be dealing with that as fans or a team. Um, but for us, I think we want to see a spirited performance. We deserve it and we deserve so much better than what we've seen at the weekend. So in terms of the game tomorrow, I would bite the hand off you for going six points in that group already it would go a long long way and do you know what it would probably bode well for the new a new manager coming in when they look at that and say do you know what I could get through that group I've got a semi-final coming up here as well maybe the league's not quite out of reach that's the type of thing that we want to be looking at tomorrow night so good to see Kimar Roof back good to see Raskin back um, interesting to see that Davis said um, they could be involved tomorrow so no, why not? Why can we not go there and beat them? Like, with all due respect, they're the weakest team in the group. So let's go. Let's go and be on six points in the group tomorrow night. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, totally agree with you there. Um, I, I hopefully, we, we do go over there and get a result. Ross, I think the sort of danger man for, for Aris Slimassol that I was looking at, and oh, again, if I can't even say separate, right, uh, I don't know if I'll be able to say this name right, but it's Xavi Babika. Um, he's a Gabonese right winger. He's their danger man. He scored 13 goals already this season, <laughs> which is pretty impressive. And he's had seven of those in European competitions, whether that be the Champions League qualifications, Europa League qualifications, and I think he scored uh, the goal um, last uh, or the last match day f- for uh, Aris as well. But how are you expecting Rangers to sort of combat this? They seem to be a team with pace. Are you worried at all the way our defence is playing at the minute or, or do you think that we will have too much for them? No, I think it. I think strangely, if, they, if, it, if their system is a lot about pace, I think it kind of suits us because we don't press really aggressively. I suppose you might see a different team tomorrow under Stephen Davis. He might set us up completely different. Um, but we we tend to set off teams. There's not really a lot of space, so I, I'm not too concerned. I, I think I'll be honest with you. I haven't done a lot of research on Arslamasol, but I think it's a I think it's a, a tie. I really expect us to go and win. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to think the squad look at it this way as well. If you can go there, Kieran alluded to it. If you can go over there in the second group game and you can come out with six points after two games, you've got a great chance of going through this group, and you could wrap up early. Um, and ultimately, that's what we should be striving for every time. So I'm not too concerned tomorrow. Um, I think you always see when there's a manager change, you you instantly see a little lift in the squad. Um, I expect to see that tomorrow. I expect to see a wee bit of a better performance. And maybe seeing guys like uh, Nicholas Raskin come back in will really help us in there. Um, a wee bit more energy in there for a tie like this is really good. So, yeah, look. When you get to this level, Kyle, it's it's never a gimme. There, it's always difficult games, especially away in European competitions. We've seen so many times, you know, Rangers struggle. So I'm I'm, I'm not expecting a, an easy game, but I'd like to see Rangers go out, take the initiative in the game and, and, and really go for it. I, I think that's what I would like to see tomorrow, especially when, in a way, the kind of pressure's off. The, the, the manager's left, right? The permanent manager's left. Now, now Michael Beale, this is a squad, this is a chance, sorry, for the squad to go out and try and build some confidence again. Mm-hmm. European stage, early kickoff, I think it's all set up for them. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty confident for tomorrow, Kyle. I think we'll come away with the three points. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree with you there. And Kieran, are you expecting a, a, a bit of a reaction tomorrow, sort of a, a difference in, in the way the players are playing? I just... Because something as well you said, and, and I thought it initially when 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 Davis said it in the, in the press conference was I, I was a bit surprised that Roof's back fit already, given what Bill was saying about him in the in the previous press conference. Um, do you think we will see a reaction tomorrow f- from the players? Uh, it's kind of like that, uh, you know, the Willy Wonka meme that goes about that he uh, strolls up to the gate with a walking stick and then there's a forward roll. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Michael be left and that was riffing it. Nah, I'm only kidding. That's disrespectful. Um, no, nah, to be fair, I think the time scale that was quoted um, for Raskin was around about the international break. I don't know if he'll start, to be honest. I don't know if it's one they would rush him back for. Um, but... Yeah, uh, Roof's a massive lift, and in terms of what we've got up front, it's 
slim pickings, it's harsh right at the moment. I do not think that any Rangers fan would be excited about watching a game when New Dessers was starting at the moment. Yeah. And I, feel, I feel bad saying that. He's, he has shown all the hallmarks of, a, of this and the signs of a striker completely devoid of any confidence whatsoever. And it's just one of the ones he probably needs one to ricochet off his arse and go in the net and then he's on a roll again and he's, he's the fan's hero. We've seen stranger things happen. I know. But, he's already he's already had that, but he's had about three deflected. <laughs> very true, eh? He's done the knee slides and you know, the rest of it. So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's still quite a slim squad at the moment. It's going to be a tough task for Davis. And what you said as well, Kyle, about Davis commenting on watching the tape. I genuinely thought about that on what was it? So he would have got the phone call on Sunday night. We yeah. get the pictures of them um boarding the flight yesterday. So uh, he must be working right through the clock at the moment when you think he's took training as well. Yeah. And there's not a chance that he's watched anything to do with Limassol leading up to this game until now, where he's really got his homework. So you've got to think. So you've then got to watch, take training, watch the tape, and then you've got to plan what you want to do, and then you've got to implement that to the team. It's quite a short space of time. It's interesting. Yeah, it will be interesting. Um, Ross, I'll, I'll come to you uh, and, and ask you for, for, for your lineup in that game, given as well the fact that we've talked about that. I'm a bit shocked, Roof especially back. Uh, do you think Raskin will feature in there? And then we'll get some of the, the guys' comments, some of the predicted lineups that, that they've got on there. Yeah, I think it will be the... I think it will be the same team from the weekend, other than Ridvan and Jack coming out for Borna and... I was actually thinking, I wonder if this is an opportunity for Bailey Rice tomorrow, genuinely, because of the options we have in midfield at the moment. Kieran made a good point there with, with Raskan that we maybe won't rush him back for this one, so I wonder if it's a really good opportunity to to throw him in there. I understand it's European competition, he's only 16 years old, but again, Michael Beale was speaking about him and saying how good a player he is. You know, is this an opportunity for him uh, in an environment that's maybe maybe not going to be a hostile environment for him? Can go out there and show his best. So that's maybe one I'm thinking about. It's a bit of a curveball, I suppose. But I think other than that, Kel, the team kind of picks itself at the moment, doesn't it? There's not there's not a lot of options. I'm sure there'll be a lot of young boys in the bench tomorrow that will maybe get their opportunity as well. So I'm I'm not I'm not expecting a lot of surprises. I think it'll be very similar to the weekend. Yeah, it'll be it will be very interesting. Um a couple of a couple of lineups here. The trying Scotsman here says Butland Tav, Goldson, Davies, Borna, uh, Linney, Sifu, Jack, Lammer, Senor, Sima, and Dessers. I think the only I was gonna say the only change I had to that. I, I didn't that was that was the pretty much <laughs> the team that I had back there. Uh John Robertson here says four duds at the back, three fuds in the midfield, <laughs> and our three fuds up front. Well it's like we can't say there's a fud in the, the, the dugout anymore, so uh, there's that, and uh, RFC72 here says Butland Tav, Goldson, Davies, Borna, Linney, Sifu, Lammers, Sima, Dessers, and a curveball with either Lyle or McCausland, which I think could be very interesting indeed. Obviously, I know that 
the uh, hearing Ross because I'm talking about Stephen Davis even before all this stuff sort of kicked off. It was it was really good to think Reese was there uh, for us at the the B team press conference and he was singing Stephen Davis's praises. Maybe he knew something that we didn't know at that time. But as a, I know they're both. Uh, fellow countrymen it'd be really interesting to see um right before we before we wrap up tonight guys i'm just going to get a wee quick score prediction off you both and and i'll come to you first kieran i'm going to go limassol one rangers two <laughs> yeah and, uh, and, you had me worried there for a second <laughs> <laughs> it's a cliffhanger and do you know something i don't want to just sit and watch this game i feel like all i've watched this season is dessers running towards a keeper to shut him down that's all I feel like I've watched this season. Yeah. We better attractive football, ball into the strikers' feet. Let's not get too caught up in just forcing the ball wide to our fullbacks to be crossed into the box. Let's the Stephen Davis revolution begin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, I, listen. You know that's another conversation we can have on our pod. See if Davis does well in a few games. Is on you go. I'm going to play devil's advocate here, right? If he does well, right, I don't think he gets the job. But I think he'll be part of a coaching staff. And yeah, then that's what the I think coaching as well. staff does well, <laughs> who's to say Stephen Davis won't be our future manager? Again, for another pod. Listen, for what it's worth, I think Davis is perfect for management, the way he's the ultimate professional, and I think he'd be fantastically well suited for something like that. Ross, get your predictions in there. Yeah, I just want to say I noticed a comment earlier from RFC72 saying that uh, Bailey Rice wasn't on the A-list or the B-list for this. So if he's not involved, then I apologise. I thought he was involved in the European squad, to be honest yeah. with you, the way Michael Beal was speaking about him. So um, you may be right there, RFC. I apologise if so. Um, I think I'll go for 3-1 tomorrow, Kyle. I expect uh, Limassol to score just the way we are at the moment. But I'm hoping we can we can see a much better performance uh, from this Rangers team out there and I was just about to use the phrase that Michael Beale has drummed into as the handbrake off. I was just about to say it. Um, I'm open down ladder at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I'd just like to see us be a wee bit more expansive. Like Kieran said there as well, I don't want it to just be everything funneled out to the fullbacks and try and get the ball in as early as possible. Let's, let's just try and play a wee bit. There's an opportunity to go and do that. So let's hope we see it tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. Listen, I'm... I'm... I think the team will have a bit of a new lease of life. It'll be interesting. I found it really interesting when Davis said in this press conference that he was um, going to let the players have their their freedom back type thing. So I, I maybe I'm reading in between the lines a wee bit too much. Then, but he's going to allow them to play with freedom. So yeah, I'm hoping for for a good squad. And and if if these players you know don't show up and and don't do it for. A, the fact to play for Rangers Football Club, and B, the fact that Hall of Famer Stephen Davis, ex-teammate, you know. You could list his credentials. If you don't turn it up for him, then I'm sorry. I, I, I don't want you at the club anymore. So, but yeah, I'm going to go for a. I think I'm going to agree with you, Kieran. I, I'm not sure if I can see he's not conceding. So, I think I think I'll go with two one. Uh, but I'm just looking for for a good performance, good result uh, over there, and, and and ultimately to get six points in the Europa League campaign. But listen, just want to say thank you to you both for joining me tonight. Thank you very much, Ross. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. Enjoyed it. Um, let's hope the Rangers get the three points tomorrow in this group stage. That's it, exactly. And thank you very much, Kieran, for, for joining us tonight as well. Always a pleasure. Looking for, I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow. We'll keep it at that. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's it. There'll be a few of us that are having to zoom home from work to, to get there with that 5.45 kickoff. And I've been seeing the comments there. One last thing before we go. Uh, see that Tam McCann, I think, had a bet on for, for Newcastle to beat PSG uh, 4-1. So I'm hoping that comes up for you, big man. And um, yeah, just remember, get us on all the usual channels. Ross, you'll be live tomorrow post-match, will you? With just a wee 15-20 minute post-match reaction after the game? I, I believe so, yeah. So... Yep, tune in, you'll have a reaction from the game tomorrow. Cool, and just remember, give us a like on all the usual social guys, and thanks very much for, for all your comments and engagement, as always, it's been a pleasure. But take care and enjoy the game tomorrow night. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.